morning, good afternoon, and good night, and welcome to the Amateur Otaku Podcast, the official anime podcast of Revenge of the Fans. How's everybody doing out there? My name is Brandon Alvarado, the Scarlet fan here, and as always, I am accompanied by the one, the only, the mad, Doc Isaac Wolf. What's up, man? Lunchtime! Lunchtime! Oh, wait. See, those are the moments that I don't understand if I'm just a mirror image of you or you just control my mind with all your actions. I think it's uh, pretty obvious of what. You know what? Just because you understand the world and how you manipulate my mind, Isaac, that doesn't mean that... Wait, this conversation already started getting derailed. Damn it, Isaac. (laughs) It always gets derailed when I am around. That is true. But the good thing is that if it weren't for you, we couldn't have awesome discussions of anime. And that is what we do here at the Amateur Otaku. I'm really excited to record, Isaac. It's feel like it's feel like we haven't recorded in like forever. It's been like a month, right, since the last episode. Um, so um, I'm really excited for what's to come now. Um, I'm ready for episode 14. Are you ready? Yes. And I, I'm fully and I'm coolly. Wow, the king of segues <laughs> has done it again. So, guys, we're going to talk about Fooly Cooly. Fooly Cooly, for those that don't that know or don't know, is a very, very, very strange, crazy, convoluted, but smart, psychological, and thought-provoking anime anthology. And those were a lot of big words, but bear with us. There's a lot of big words in this podcast. Um, no bad convoluted. Words, that's project, uh, production IG in a nutshell. But then again, it's also Gynax. The great creators... Okay, not great. Take the word out. The creators of Evangelion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, calm down. Calm down. Okay? You proved your point. Um, I understand how you feel about Alien. People know how I feel. I enjoy the series. We will not talk about the movies now. And should I tell them, Isaac? Should I tell our listeners what we have in store for them in the future? Should I tell them? Or do you want to tell them how you tortured me? Well, we have a commentary track of uh, the two movies uh, soon ready to go. Where One of them is for the end of Evangelion. And Brandon just loved that movie. Uh, He just loved it. He called it perfect on every sense of the word. And and you will hear... uh, his love for it during that commentary track and me laughing my ass off. As I expected. <laughs> and I think the best thing to say is that I utterly hated End of Evangelion. <laughs> but we'll save that for another day. Uh, but we just want to let you know that's one of the many things that we are working with you, for you guys. Um, we have a giant list of anime series, movies, and OVAs that we want to cover and talk about. Um, time is always against me specifically, but we always make the time to watch great anime, digest it, and then bring it to you guys because I know there's a lot of people out there that listen to this pod that don't know where to start whenever they're thinking about anime or they watch anime but have no one to talk to about it and and want to hear people's thoughts and probably start a conversation. And that's the idea of the amateur otaku. We are the anime front of Revenge of the Fans and want to make sure that everybody has someone to talk to about anime because it's such a fantastic medium of story 
characters and wonder and really bad stuff like Gynax, but really awesome stuff like this. Like, really coolly, I would say, um, to try and get back on track. Um, I, I, thought you really coolly, get, uh, I thought you liked Evangelion. I love Evangelion. Isaac, you know what I mean. I We're, ta- we're talking about End of Evangelion, not Evangelion. Isaac, we're you love everything. You love everything, yeah, Evangelion. Don't don't lie to us, Isaac. This is about <laughs> fully coolie. Damn it! <laughs> You're uh, about to turn this episode explicit. We have a commentary track that's going to be full explicit. Don't make this one too, please. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, the, uh, this is going off the rain uh, like a certain lagoon, but that's um, a topic for another time. Wow, he is the king of innuendos, <laughs> the king of segues, the kind of Minecraft and hints. I have no idea how this conversation is going to go today, folks. But talking about Gynex, <laughs> Gynex and Production AG have produced a lot of weird, thought-provoking, but nonetheless very unique anime. We covered the great and controversial Neon Genesis Evangelion in the last episode. And on episode 14, we're going to talk about Fully Cooley, um, which is this episode. Um, Fully Cooley is, is a very interesting um, analysis, I would say. I don't know if I want to use that word because anybody that looks at this show or this series on at face value will not think it's analysis of anything. They would think it's a potpourri of madness, hormones and unnecessary sexual jokes but in the surface that's what it looks like but it's one of those shows that if you have the eye to to look at the detail and to look at the care and to look at the writing it's one of the best shows i've ever seen um it kind of works like an anthology series and i really love the show and can't wait to talk my head and front of my brain off you see what I'm doing? That's a, that was really bad. I'm sorry, Isaac. I, I'm sorry. I I, I kind of I know you saw me sweating trying to produce a, an analogy to really clearly, and I failed. Um, how never, about you talk? You're never sorry about stuff like that. Uh, I, you, okay, I am now. Lie. <laughs> so, don't lie to us. <laughs> Just so, like you love and of Evangelion, but that's besides the point. What oh, you're gonna. You're going to keep bringing this back. Isaac, don't make me pull out my Gintamas, okay? I know I owe you like a thousand, but I can send one piece your way, okay? <laughs> I'm all, I'm all, I have seen the latest episode, so go ahead. Okay, so before I lose a gasket. Um, <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk really coolly. Isaac, um, you saw the show. I know you knew about it. I think, like me... Um, you saw the first season, but had not seen the newest ones. Um, we finally caught up. We've seen every episode of Fully Cooly has to offer. Um, what are your thoughts of the series as a whole? Um, what would you, how would you recommend the show? It's insanity. But then again, it's a Gynax show. And, uh, it's insanity. But then again, it's in a Gynax show. And 
there is a lot of uh, stuff that I want to cover that later. But it's interesting to compare and contrast the uh, Evangelion and fully uh, coolly considering they're sort of handling the same subject matter, but in the two different uh, two different ways. I highly agree. Um, is there is there a familiarity or similar production team, or is just the creative team is, is different? Like no one related with Evangelion was it working on fully coolly. I would say. Like the big guys, right? No writers that you know as of? As far as I know, no. They did. But then again, production IG and Gainax are known for shows like this. Yeah, I mean, like you they... just look at the Pantheon stockings. That's for, from the, uh, from them as well. I, I've never heard of it. Tell us what is Pantheon stockings. You don't know. Uh, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. <laughs> So, folks, we, whenever, whenever okay, Isaac leads okay. an explanation with you don't want to know. <laughs> Which means that uh, I'm going to force him to watch it for an, uh, for an episode uh, someday. Why, why, why do you insist in manifesting <laughs> hatred from me? I love mm-hmm. you, man. Don't do this to me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you, Isaac. Um one of the one of the things that I love about the show, I think the uh, I always like to talk in big words because I don't know I I think I may be smart or I see things or maybe I just like to talk a lot of stuff. But what I like about Fully Cooley is that for this for for the the amount of episodes that you get per season, um, it feels like your eyes are bombarded with 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 information, but. At the same time, in the midst of all the madness, there's these little hints of humanity, of 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 exploration of concepts like identity, um, coming of age, um, uh, uh, becoming an adult, understanding or valuing life, love, friendship that that are portrayed in a way that are poetic, um, and I, I like how it makes you think that that's kind of that. A great story doesn't need to be straightforward. A great story doesn't need to be a simple straight line. They go around telling their story and in the midst of the madness they're able to really communicate a very clear message. And to me that's just brilliant and it show goes to show that there's a lot of great and creative and smart people behind this show. Which is why it's one of those shows that I would recommend to everybody. But I am going to say starting now um, that I think Isaac and I, Isaac, you can agree with me. This is not a show for everybody. Like, not oh, everybody. Hell. Oh. Yeah, this, Fully Coolie is not a show that you're going to, that everybody's going to get. Oh, hedge to the no, no, no. <laughs> but the beauty is, and I think Isaac can agree with, it, with me in this as well, is that if you watch it and you get it, you'll love it. Which I'm, I'm a thing. I'm happy to say that we both do. I don't. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say that I so uh, love it, so to speak. I have a weird relationship with that in this show, but I'm talking. I mentioned that later on. Okay. So how about we go into a breakdown of 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 the understanding the philosophy or or the ideas of the show? Uh, I'm gonna break it down a little bit. Um, and get your feedback, Isaac. Um, so it, it's um, it's three the the series so far is three seasons. Um, each each season 
is six episodes long. Each episode is like 20, 25 minutes. Um, and each series, season, season series, um, each season deals with a particular lead character um, that's normally a teenager um, and their world, their friends, um, and how a particular very, very horrible person, <laughs> but very interesting person, um, impacts their lives and for some reason pulls things out of their foreheads, which, of course, you know, that's that's what we do nowadays, right? We just pull stuff and we're not talking pimples, people. We're talking about Gundams. OK, so. Yeah, um, that's one. Yeah, that, that's, that's that's right. Now, let's start with that. Um, so. The the show centers on this character. I think she's one of the more leads. Her, na- her name is Raharu, right? She's this pink-haired, different-colored eye woman that apparently she's 19 years old. She never ages. She's super strong. That um, literally... Every guy seemed to fall in love with without That's... hesitation. <laughs> yes. She's able to manipulate people. Um, she's able to to control people, um, except, but she's not able to fool the lead characters. Um, and apparently, she battles machines with guitars. Uh, okay, I think if I try and describe it this way, we're all going to be lost because I think there's no straight way to explain <laughs> this show. So how about I'm going to turn back. Guys, just, just get, um, don't go anywhere, folks. This is gives you an idea how maddening <laughs> and crazy the show is. So how about we've we like the show? There's a lot of madness. Um, how about we just jump in and straight start with the seasons? Sounds good. I guess so. I get, yeah, you're lost already, aren't you? <laughs> nah, just messing with you. Oh, so I'm I'm the only one that's lost. Okay, so exactly. Um, so, wow. Uh, oh, so that's the okay. So, season one of Fully Cooley came out in two thousand one, and it follows Naota, and is this twelve year old kid that uh, hangs out under a bridge with the girlfriend of his older brother, um, whom for some reason. She kind of treats him like her boyfriend, even though she's like 17 and smokes. And it's really weird. Um, But this kid apparently has the ability to pull stuff for stuff to come out of his head. And they don't explain how. They just call it the N.O. portal, which they don't really explain what that is ever. But apparently certain individuals head heads can be used as intergalactic gateways and tunnels to transfer stuff so imagine if your head was an amazon warehouse and when you least expect it packages come out of your head and yes it happens in the most gruesome weird manner and then the packages try to kill you and I think I just lost like 30 listeners, Isaac. <laughs> I need your help. So, so okay, so that's like the nutshell, right? So things come out of his head. Um, and there's this alien that hits him in the head with a guitar. 
And what is it with people getting run over by Vespas and cars? Everybody's being run over in this show. Or at least the lead character gets run over many times. But um, I'm drowning here. So <laughs> it's such a good I show. Mean, I mean, uh, I mean, everyone seems seem to be indestructible in this show. That's for sure. Right? Like everybody get, that gets thrown over or gets eaten by a machine comes out or gets pooped out um, and survives. <laughs> Um, yes, people get pooped out in this show. This show is very special. Um, <laughs> but there's moments. This show is crazy. Like there's moments where you're. Um, there's multiple degrees of animation. Um, let's talk about the animation for a minute. Um, the animation is pretty cutting edge uh, for the year that it came out. But that's not what's interesting about this show. What's interesting about the show when it comes to animation is that the animation constantly shifts depending on the story beat, the episode. Um, it, it takes a lot of inspiration from different styles of animation, from different shows directly. Um, I don't know, like this, this show takes place in its own like metaverse. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Where it, where it feels that it can take and grab from any show that ever existed and use it. Like, you even see animation that honors South Park on this show. It's crazy. Um, and, of course, everything is played for laughs. Um, whenever you saw that, that scene that they actually did everything a la South Park just to make a very boring conversation different... I, did, was I the only one that found that hilarious? <laughs> I just raised my eyebrow. If I shall be perfectly honest, I've seen so much weird stuff uh, when it comes to anime that it just uh, how should I put it? It ends up like mm, seeing it. In other words, you're you've been numbed out, huh? Pretty much. Yeah. So so. So multiple degrees of animation. Um, you have a punk rock band um, that does 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 every single song of the soundtrack, which is actually very particular. That you don't see this for every show. Like most popular animes are known for changing their openings and closings every other episode, getting different bands. I'm assuming getting probably K-pop bands that are popular at the moment. Fully Cooly, almost for the entirety of the series, not just the original show, they pre- they practically use the same band, which is very interesting, because every piece of every piece of music, even though it's a different song, feels organic. Um, it feels very well with the show. Um, but yeah, this 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 I show mean, is. Go ahead. I mean, I mean, it's not uh, so different from uh, Evangelion, where they had the same opening theme. Well, that is true, but in, in, for example, in Evangelion, you have the same opening and ending throughout the entire series. In Fully Cooly, you have the same band, but they have a brand new song for each episode. Oh, you mean like that, yeah? Yeah, so, so, so it's like literally like there's a whole CD of tracks for us for a show that it's the same band, but, but they pretty much, The Pillows, I think is the name of the band, they literally did a soundtrack for the show that plays out like a regular soundtrack if you were to put the, se- the the headphones on your ears and it plays out also the soundtrack for the show informing um 
Maybe maybe they had a had an album done, and they say, "Hey, we want to promote the series. Oh, we can fit it in this show. Go ahead and use the, yeah. every song song for it." That that could be it, but it's a rare thing, right? Yeah. It's and what I and what I like about it is that it kind of shows the vision and the direction of the show. And and here goes for me what is the crowning achievement of Fully Cooley is that in the midst of all the create, like you heard everything we said, um, sh- various scenes of animation. There are moments where you're re- literally reading manga on the screen <laughs> because it shifts into manga uh, and it does it on multiple seasons. Um, they have the different scenes. Uh, they have call outs to Lupin the Third and the animation style of Lupin the Third, especially episode five of season one. Um, but it's and what I like about Fully Cooley is its main theme, and literally it is it is a it is I would say a study or a exploration of growing up. Yeah, that's pretty much sums it. That, yeah, and it sums is, it up. Go ahead. Which is uh, which is what I was talking about when I said uh, they have similar themes and all that. Because for, uh, let's face the fact: one of the main themes in in the, in the Evangelion was growing up, like we mm-hmm. sort of talked uh, talked about. But right. uh, just like it was here. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think what's uh, why it's worth better. Uh, well, this show works much better for me than Evangelion is that while they have the same theme, they, uh, they don't have this insanity trying to be as serious. When they talk right. about the subject matter, they are acting like real characters and they take those moments seriously. But when uh, a certain uh, Wespa wielding, the uh, Wespa driving, Ma- uh, ma- matter uh, runs around and is her usual self. Uh, then yeah, you do that uh, for laughing, not trying to be super serious. Act like oh, this is uh, serious. This is Brody. They are, are t- taking it for laugh in order to somewhat. Dare I say, fixing them also, uh, change the pace, fix the mood, so it. You're just not uh, drowning in uh, depressing, uh, depressing psychological, uh, philosophical uh, discussion that makes an art house uh, studio almost. Uh, sorry, not almost. An art house uh, film studio to throw up. Right, right, and, and yes, and... I don't like Evangelion. <laughs> we know, Isaac. We know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I agree with you. Um, uh, what I like, uh, the way this show explores um, its main theme, um, it's very creative. Um, it doesn't feel um, convoluted. It doesn't feel like it's trying too hard. I would even say that it's trying too hard to be weird, but it does it <laughs> in a way, right? Does that make sense? Um, it tries too hard to be weird, but it does it because, in a way, it makes the serious moments more accessible. 
because yeah. they're the because they're the only moments that have weight to it. Like you have, it's like it's like when you're in a concert hall and you're hearing and you're listening to a big a, a metal band listening to music and you're looking at all the flashing lights and all that stuff. Um, you can barely hear anyone around you, but as soon as you leave, you live. Well, well, I don't know how to speak today. As soon as you leave the concert hall and step outside and start having a conversation, even though your ears are ringing because of all the madness that you just saw or heard, um, it is kind of easier to focus because you can't hear anything else unless it's in front of you. Does that make sense? Yep. So. So this show does a very good job that whenever it has a serious moment or it wants you to pay attention, it kind of tones down everything that's going around it and it kind of centers into what it's trying to say. And it's a very it's very powerful how in in each season is only six episodes. It's only 20 minutes, 22 minutes long an episode um, in each episode. Each episode is super dense. It's super like you feel each episode of 20 minutes feels like you're watching a 40 minute show. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel like a 20 minute show, but it doesn't really tire you. Does that make sense? It, it, you can you can you can digest what it's trying to say. You can watch one. You can even watch the whole series as a long movie um, and it would work. But at, then again, if you do that, it kind of feels like overload. <laughs> I mean, uh, you can't really be tired. eh? Would argue that it could be a square, but that's a different uh, point. But yeah, you are you are sort of right because every episode is sort of like its own uh, own episode, so to speak, and not just a. Oh, this is weird to say, but the, the seasons are an uh, anthology uh, ep- right. episodes in themselves, even though it it has a running theme through each episode. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. Right, and 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 the interesting thing is that that they've created an anthology. And what we mean by anthology series, if someone is not thinking, is is that you have three very different shows or seasons, but they all have to do with the same characters, with the same mythology, um, but they're not necessarily the same story. Um, and there's so much imagery on the show that, uh, like, 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 eighty percent of the imagery in the show doesn't mean anything. It's just to startle you. <laughs> but there's certain imagery and ideas that um, are there for you to digest, and and the, and they're there for you to munch and think about. If like, if you're looking for something to that 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 makes you think, this show definitely has a lot of chunks. And I like to think about what I see. I like to think about what I read. I like to digest whenever I see smart TV. And like I, whenever I see these shows like smart TV, even though I have a headache and a good thought as a result of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, oh man, it's such a good show. Um, but like we said, um, it's an exploration of growing up. Um, and I think, each season does a good job in exploring different um, moments or aspects of coming of age, of growing up, um, that I think um, I've never seen a show do it in this way. Like everybody's seen um, the the every everybody every culture has their own coming of age story or has a popular story that explains um, 
that explore different aspects of a kid. Like whenever you have your first love, whenever you have, um, whenever you become, whenever you understand that you can make your own decisions or that what you say matters. Um, whenever you have a situation where you can accept yourself and accept the new adventure that life has in front of you, um, there's there's just so many facets of growing up that are explored through these episodes that um, if you're the type of person who likes coming-of-age stories, that like um, like the theme or the philosophy behind adolescence and how it's viewed from adults, from kids, um, this is one of those shows that literally explores it in so many ways in such little time that is a feast for the eyes um, and for just the brain. Re- just remember that it, it's not an ordinary slice of life. Uh, it's Mm-mm. insanity. In, in, uh, in, it's uh, such an insanity that imagine Pirates of Caribbean on the lo- uh, on crack together with Looney Tunes and animated like it is... Uh, animated as it is a Gintama show. That's a very interesting, daring, and provocative and pretty accurate um, description. Um, but like we said, this show is not necessarily for everybody. Um, what do you, what did you like? What do you like most about the shows? Do you have a favorite character? Um, which story resonated with you the most? It's... Uh... When it comes to favorite character, I don't really have a favorite character. Okay. The, <clears throat> the closest one is... Uh, well, it's... Uh, I like them for different reasons. I mean... Yes, mm-hmm. I, I... How should I put it? I don't really have a favorite character, so to speak, because I can connect with the, every of the main characters uh, in some way or another, which mm-hmm. makes it... Uh, don't connect more towards one than the other. You get what I'm saying? Right. That's why I can't really say that I have a specific favorite character. You connect with each character differently, depending on what's yeah. going on. Uh, yeah. The, close, the closest one, uh, maybe it's uh, Kana. If I am, it's mm. the closest one, uh, close to home, so to speak. Yeah, I... I I, I'm the same, but with um, Hiromi. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, I have been... I have some medical strugglers and anxiety about... Yeah, we shouldn't go that in spoilers, but I've had a, mm-hmm. such a anxiety problems like she's going through in this series, so... Mm-hmm. May, uh, so, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and I like how I I I think I think I'm the same in that case. I do have a favorite character. It's gonna be like progressive. It's probably my favorite of the three seasons or anthologies. Um, but yeah, overall, each each of the seasons, uh, for me, does a very good job on exploring different stages because of of being an adolescent or coming of age. Like if if we were to give a theme to season one, um, I would say that it's the is it's it's an explanation of when a kid um, understands come to understand that his decision or his view of the world means something. You know what I mean? Um, or that the fact that he that 
to the understanding of a child or a kid that's becoming that's growing up um, understands the effect that he has on his world. Because one of the things that you see throughout the show um, on the first season with Naora is that his life um, is boring, static, and he's, he is simply reacting to what is happening to everybody else. And, and he's just receiving and reacting to everybody as opposed to him um, understand, understanding that he can effectuate a change or effect or or create his ideal situation or life in any way shape or form does that make sense yeah and many and, uh, many uh, a lot of people uh, takes the first season as a well considering uh how should i put it considering it's uh from your uh well this here uh, series is an anime this is about a boy that uh, sort of like have, uh, dare I say, some interest in his uh, brother's girlfriend, and so to speak, and think he's grown up. And they and they have uh, they have the line of nothing happens until you swing the bat, and you get what I mean. Many, <laughs> right. Many right. people are suggesting that uh, this is about. Uh, and which is indicating that, that you're not going to grow up until you 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 can't just sit there and wait for something to happen. You need to make it happen, so to speak. And right, sure, they have some uh, dare I say not in the windows in uh, the first seasons, but yeah, right. And and it's like. It's one of those things where you also see the thing where if you don't want to be treated as a kid, then you have to act grown up or you have to allow yourself to grow up. Does that make sense? Exactly. Because, because also when you're a kid, um, it's like when you want to keep playing and acting like a kid, that's what's going to keep happening. You're going to keep reacting. People are going to keep seeing you as a kid. Not that we're saying hey guys we need to grow up <laughs> i mean we're two grown men talking about animation so i don't think that's not i don't think that's what we're trying to say um but it's the idea that um people will treat you with respect or or will treat you with seriousness if you treat something with seriousness and 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 the idea of his relationship with mamimi which is his brother's girlfriend um his is um, relationship with Haruko, which is the Vespa horrible seductress alien woman with the guitar. <laughs> um, it's like this kid was living a downtrodden life where people were leaving him. He was upset. He was angry with the world. And he had to make a decision whether or not to stay angry with everybody or question his world and, and question about it and make a decision about what his world was going to be, which is why, for example, episode, I think it's the last episode was so powerful because it kind of starts. He needed quit. to swing the bat. Uh, right, right. But, but keep in mind when he swung the bat in episode four, he did it with help. It wasn't until the final episode that, 
he started making moves. Like when he question when Haruko comes back, you know, like she kind of after after the the big um, loop in the third themed episode, which episode five happens, um, and the hand appears on top of the iron. Which that's that's another thing. There's a lot of weird hands and irons and steam and okay i'm I'm sorry didn't mean to confuse you guys <laughs> so so back to episode five so at the end of episode five where they beat the machine or the monster that comes out of naoda's head for that particular episode um haruko which is the alien that he's been relating to that started this whole crazy madness in his life leaves and when she leaves Naoda kind of understands and begins to understand, and that's where you see him start to grow up, that he misses this person, that he has a, some feelings for this person that are not normal. And when she comes back, he begins to question that. Why did you leave? He starts having a conversation um, in, in a more mature matter that we probably haven't seen him do before because all the time, what he would do whenever he had encountered, whatever he would see his father try to sleep with Haruko or wherever he saw someone talking about flirting, he would just brush it off like, I'm a kid that has nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? I'm a kid that that's not what we talk about. That's not what's going on. But in episode six, when she comes back, you kind of see him. Because he's feeling something and he's allowing himself to recognize this, he starts having a serious conversation and going like, why did you leave? Why did you leave us? Why, why is that the decision that you made? Like you didn't recognize what that does to me. So he starts talking like if he were grown up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Which is why Haruko answers back to him. You're still a kid. And she gives him the option where, do you want to leave everything behind? Do you want to come with me? And he actually leaves. So he's making decisions from himself. as And he's trying to make things happen. Um, which is powerful because it's not till that point that towards the end, because he's making decisions, he's able to control his N.O. power, which I would say is this universe's version of key or magic or chakra or i don't know what it is but that's this this is this world's fully coolies version of chakra is no and in all the characters the no power is something completely uncontrollable whenever they don't have control over their emotions or whenever they allow their emotions to overcome them or the outside to overcome them but towards the end of the series you kind of see like with naoda that he's able to take control of his power and make it his own because he's making decisions for his life now, not allowing other people to make them for him, um, which is one of the things that I, I love about the show because it highlights how every person, even especially the young people that suffer incredibly, like well, that's one of the most heartening. Not, not well, that's that's one of the most things that I love about this show is that it takes the struggles of young people very seriously. You don't understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And and not everybody does that. Like all the time you see movies or books or or even our own parents or people that we know that don't take the crisis of adolescence 
uh, or the crisis of 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 growing up, of understanding the world, of finding our place in the world. That 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 identity crisis that everybody goes through. Um, some of us still go through it from time to time. Um, they take it very seriously, and they do it fearlessly, which is why this show shines in my book, because not everybody does it. A lot of people treat it as folly, but Fully Cooley takes it head on. Yeah, it's uh, pretty spot on because, like I said, they don't. Uh, they want uh, some lighthearted stuff to happen in between, but they don't use it as uh, something. Uh, don't uh, have it as super serious while being so, which makes it more accessible and makes it. It's smart all around. That's why I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and one of the beauties also about this show is that whenever whenever each character, it's like it's funny because have you noticed how this show feels like a video game where the main character is constantly failing, and he really doesn't level up till the end. <laughs> Yeah, that could be. That's a good analogy. Yeah, like, like, and 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 I think you see it more with Naoda more vividly than other characters, because, um, like we said, let's talk a little bit about you want to let's talk a little bit about the mythology of the series. So you ready to talk about steam, irons, and things popping out of people's heads? Oh, uh, I can sit there for uh, three three to four hours. If that's what you mean. Well, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Well, without making it complicated, well, let me ask you this. As soon as you saw something, well, I know you've seen a lot of weird stuff. Let's start the conversation that way. I know that you've seen a lot of weird stuff, and I want people, everybody listening, question what weird stuff Isaac has seen. I want to see what he comes up with. (laughs) So I know you've seen a lot of weird stuff. Yeah. How weird was it that... The fact that things travel through this kid's head are normal affect you, or what? Ma- what? What did that make you think? What did you see that as? Uh, so, uh, so uh, that's one way to put it. <laughs> well, at least it didn't come out of his. Okay, so, um, <laughs> so we have uh, keeping it clean, Mister. Keeping it clean. Um, it was so, you, uh, you that was uh, close to say it, not me. I did not say anything. You guys liked that, didn't you? Okay, so, uh, <laughs> so, so, things come out of his head because apparently he has this access to an ability or power. I was talking about No a little bit ago. Um, no is like the power or the abilities that the the power or the energy that certain people in the universe have. Um, and this particular power can be used for you to create or bring forth um, anything you want or something that you want or a certain power to overcome or whatever. Um, they never they never specify. They don't bother explaining it. It's one of the many crazy, crazy, crazy things that you see in Fully Cooley as a whole. But it's one of the it's one of the few constants in Fully Cooley. Eno is something that you see in every single anthology. Um, every main character deals with it. Um, and 
pretty much what happens is that these characters can pull stuff out of their heads or certain forces use the kids to pull stuff out of their heads. So um, if we're going to talk about the villains of the show, because, yeah, I don't, I don't want to say that they're villains, but they're like the bad people, because I think that's the most we can say, right? They're just the bad people of the series. So every every town has an iron there. A, like It's supposed to be like a mechanical plant that looks like an iron. And this iron apparently is used by this race of machines called Medical Mechanica. Because, of course, that. And they summon through the people that they can use all the elements that they need in the different planets so they can control this giant iron. And I'm not talking about a piece of iron. I'm talking about an iron like what you use to iron your clothes so they don't look wrinkly. Um, to Hello, fly... people. It, it, this is not uh, some uh, weird Iron Fist spin-off. I'm sorry. I, I know that they wa- wanted it to be, but that's not the case here. You were holding that in for a while, weren't you? <laughs> um, Maybe. So, wow. So, Iron Fisted... Okay, so... Um, so, apparently, these aliens use these irons to flatten out the world and destroy everything and everyone. And, apparently, uh, whenever these irons are activated in the different parts of the world, they destroy everything. And apparently the, the, the child or the kid is, that has the power of an O is being used by the evil ones, medical mechanica, to pull stuff out of their heads so they can continue to build the plant, the hand, to destroy the world. Um, yeah, nobody, nobody understood what I said. Neither did I. But what I want to say, if you have seen Fully Cooley, this is for you. What I like, Isaac, and I want to hear your thoughts about this. What I like about this show in terms of its mythology is that with all the crazy stuff that you see, the iron, the hand, the woman in the Vespa, the guitars, they're all symbols that are constant. In every episode, in every season, they are symbols. And, and they represent order they represent rebellion they represent ideologies like they represent like the idea of stuff coming out of your head um uh, explores the ideas of mind control or people controlling other people via knowledge um and it's like it's this is where it gets like super deep this and this is what i like about the show because it gets super deep like for example the idea of something coming out of your head, it means that someone is putting something in your head, which you can see it as um, media blackouts or the government putting ideas through the media and stuff like that in your head. Your parents teaching you certain things, the school system and politicians. Someone, When someone implants an idea in your head and that idea rules your life, that's similar to someone pulling something out of your head where they use you just to transmit a message, which is why I find it so interesting that most of the machines that look like people that come from the iron, 
like Conti and in alternative, all the ones that come to fight Rahara at the end. Do you remember? Yeah. They all have TVs for heads. And what's interesting about it is that because they're a TV, all they do is receive a signal. Yeah. So they mm-hmm. they don't these are people that don't think for themselves. They just take orders. That's and, a and, good point. I didn't think about that actually. And 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 the idea of our brains being used as tunnel ways for stuff for the villains or for the woman in the Vespa, which every time she hits one of the main characters, either with her Vespa, her car, or her guitar, she pulls out she pulls something out of their heads for her own use, is that all of us practically have a hole in our heads and we choose and if we let it, people can pull out of our heads or out of our lives whatever they want. If we let them, they can use us. If we let them, they can control us. And that's like kind of one of the big thoughts of this show, which is one of the big things about growing up is that adolescence is such a pain because that's when you kind of find out that if you don't make decisions for your life, your life is going to become whatever someone else wants it to be. Exactly. And, and, and that's one of the craziest and smartest ideas that this show portrays because one of the cool, one of the cool things, did you, did you catch how, how once, for example, in season one, and, and I'm trying to highlight this season when Naota in, in the last episode um, goes inside, you know, that he gets like eaten, like even though he's helping Raharu um, get a Tomsk, which is this cosmic being or cosmic God that Raharu is constantly seeking because she either loves it or wants its power. We never know. It's very confusing. It looks like a dead person or a giant Moltres. It does look like Moltres. I think if Moltres had a mega evolution, it would be a Tomsk. Mm, that's a good analogy. Um, so, so this cosmic being is like the entity that it, that's where, I don't know, maybe all NO power comes from that bird or whatever. But at the final episode of season one, um, sh- literally Raharu sacrifices Naoda, even though Naoda decided to follow her, even though she's always telling him that she's going to do whatever she wants. She doesn't really care about him. She sacrifices the kid. The kid gets sucked into the hand. And when the hand is about to grasp the iron, he has a vision. And literally, he starts to see the vision of the the evil people, the medical mechanica. And he sees all the irons with all the hands Flattening the world, destroying the world, making everything plain, destroying it. And that's when he retaliates. He chooses to use his power to stop the evil people and to and understands that that's going to put. And even though it puts him in opposition with Raharu, which he kind of confesses his love towards her, it doesn't matter. He takes control. And when he does that, he becomes the most powerful being in the universe, even if it is for five minutes, which is such a great image. You know what I mean? Like instead of no longer can anyone pull something out of his mind, no longer because in the past, what used to happen is whenever he had 
an emotional breakdown or something that would spike his emotions or his hormones or whatever, in this peak, in this peak moment of emotional distress or trauma, that's when the medical mechanica people or the evil ones took control of him and transported their machines. Um, but now nobody can use his head for anything. He is now in complete control. And he, be- and, li- and he literally goes Super Saiyan God form. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, see, 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 Gynex can do smart stuff. It's not all garbage like End of Evangelion, okay? You, we all know that you love that show. Don't lie. I love Evangelion. I hate End. Now, um, do you think I'm, I'm looking t- too hard into this? Does it make sense what I'm saying? Nah, it doesn't. Uh, okay. So I, guess, uh, I, guess, I guess the show's over, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah, and 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 that's the biggest thing. Um, kids nowadays, um, and I can and I and I really don't see it in my life or or so far. But even now, like we as when we're kids, we are so easily influenced by everyone around us. It's surprising how people expect us to develop our own identities when everybody is trying to push their own agendas into our lives. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, it makes sense. And it's funny how um, we're supposed to. Ha- um, that's why a lot of people, when they grow up, they feel lost. Which, interestingly, when you wa- when you look at every single adult in this show, they all feel lost. They all feel they're they're all a shell of what they could have been, um, or they're all lost in their dreams, or they don't know who they are, or they or they're run down, or they're working at a job that necessarily wasn't their main job. Um, it's like, like every everybody looks like if they were a disappointment to a degree, as opposed to except the military people. And I'm actually pointing more than anything to Naora's dad, which is uh, pervy. Um, but uh, nah, you don't say. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, this show is so so good. Um, guys, I know I'm talking a lot of stuff, but. Um, this that's this is how much good stuff to talk about it there is about the show. I really want to if you guys have seen Fully Cooley, if you guys have seen or can see the images that I'm talking about, um, or the philosophy behind it, I, I would really like to hear your thoughts on Twitter. Um, you can at me at the Scarlet Fan 52, and you or you can send it at the Amateur Otaku, um, at Emblem Maniac. You can write to Isaac. Uh, but there's so much stuff with this show that's so cool. Um, but yeah, so season one is Naoda um, discovering that his that he has the power to change his own world, that he has a decision making ability that um, can change the course of his life. And it's funny how in the beginning of the show, um, you kind of find him trying to fill the role in Mamimi's life that his brother used to have. Like, he didn't know what he wanted to be, so he just took the place of his brother. That's probably why Mamimi treated him like her boyfriend. And it's not till the end that you see him with other kids being a kid and going to school. Like, he now knows what his role is in life now. Like, and this horrible person, which was this alien that used to tell him, oh, you're just a kid, 
kind of shows how she really had a point. Which is why I find it so crazy how this woman, this horrible person that everybody hates, it's kind of the only person that tells the truth. <laughs> Pretty much. Which is very common in, in these kind of epic stories. Like the people that, the person that everybody hates that does the most physical harm to a degree is the only person that's talking to these kids straight, which nobody wants to do. Because that's what you see in every movie. No, no adult wants to treat kids directly or talk to kids straight. And then you find this person that's random that tortures them with weird sexual stuff, which is really so weird. Um, oh, well, in one aspect, because not all of them is that way. But with literally destroying their lives with guitars. Um, I don't know, man. I, 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 this show is fascinating. The more I talk about it, the more I love it. Um, I think we talked enough about season one. Um, you know, how much, uh, you know, what's, uh, what's, uh, interesting. Go ahead. I sort of know a person that isn't a carbon copy of uh, that specific character. But if someone told me, that Gainax took inspiration from her, where they made that uh, made that character, then that uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Interesting. Interesting. Can you share, or is it something? Uh, something that someone that you know. <laughs> yeah, someone that I know. So, in other words, if you see a guitar in her hand, run away. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I would unless rather, unless would, you want stuff. <laughs> I would rather say uh, crazy, crazy. Don't uh, may, uh, don't make her mad. And she's very blunt on uh, what she said. She says, and uh, she doesn't care when she okay. says it. Raharu. So, in other words, um, does that mean that? Um, are you trying to say that you have fully coolie powers? Isaac, is that why nah. you're always bad? No? Okay. Nah. I wished I had it, but that's besides the point. <laughs> so, those are a lot of the ideas that are planted or in- initiated or shared in Fully Coolie Season 1. And these strong ideas of identity, of, of discovering who you are, on the world against you and you against the world, um, adolescence, uh, are seen throughout the entire anthology. Um, uh, but I think that what makes it so unique and so enjoyable is that each particular season, you have Fully Cooley, you have Fully Cooley Progressive, and then you have Fully Cooley Alternative. Um, each lead character has a specific quality or journey that makes there's, makes even though they're dealing with the same mythology and we expand on what we already know, makes each of their journeys interesting, even though they're all ex- different explorations of the same concept, which is what makes it brilliant. It's like the fully cool is like picking up a poem book by a famous writer. It's like these, this is all horror stories and they're all by the same writer, but they're all good, even though they're from the same writer. Does that make sense? It's like you're, you're, you're picking up this compending of the concept of adolescence. For some reason, I feel that I, I, I would have wanted this to be 
my health or history class or psychology class at school, but I think I would have gone mad as opposed to learning anything if they used this to teach yeah, adolescents. It's always good to be mad. Yeah. Um, but if I remember correctly, Isaac, I don't know if you've heard this, but a lot of people, when they talk about adolescence, um, they talk about how is it's 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 said that adolescence is I think the meaning of it is growing pains, literally, like how it hurts to grow. Like like it's a very abstract idea and like nobody has a meaning like the word adolescence come from like a Latin word that means pain. I haven't which, heard about that, but uh, it sort of makes sense. I mean, because growing up is not easy. It never yeah. is. Um, so, Trust me, I know. <laughs> um, I was a five-year-old yesterday, and then suddenly a guitar. No, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so season one, Noda, Super Saiyan. So season two, on season one, we have Noda learning that he can make decisions in life. Season two progressive we have hidomi hibajari and ide ko and their journey it's literally a, a weird and interesting first love story but at the same time is learning to move on after a trauma which is very very well explored like you have a kid that quote-unquote was either left by her father or miss or her father left for any, for whatever reason never come back came back so as soon as her father left her life was put on hold um and we, we were never told how many years she lived without her father um and she lived her life not allowing her herself to feel because she didn't want anything she and you kind of figure out towards the end that all she wanted was her dad back um and then when she finds out that that it may not be healthy to we can't allow our lives to stay in stasis because of other people um and because the people that we love wouldn't want us to do that um that is such a powerful lesson that's what i got from it i mean what did you yeah. get from that journey yeah i certainly agree because it's more and it's somewhat uh, similar in the last uh, season also that it's, uh, I agree, because uh, it's sort of uh, working with the idea of uh, you know, getting uh, uh, accepted that uh, someone is uh, gone or something is gone and it's not uh, healthy to just keep on the fact that it's a, it's going to come back. It's going to come back when you deep down know it's going to come back. Right. And I think this particular show, which is fun with this particular anthology or season two, which is interestingly called progressive, um, is the more is the more art heavy season of the show. Like um, it's the most art. Okay. Yeah is the most artistic because it uses the most different degrees of animation, um, different way, different colors, 
different shades, all to express emotion. Um, this is a very particular character that's that rarely speaks, so everything is expressions. Um, so and 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 it's all about seeing. It's all about studying her reaction to everybody else until the end, where she starts taking again. We start seeing her take agency and and stop reacting to everybody else and start wanting things for herself. And and it's it's funny how how they explore the psychology of the main character, which is Hidomi, and how every time that she dreams. Because of course we're talking about a girl that that lost something dear to her. How now all she dreams of is with her death, with her own death, with her own mortality. Because she, it's like part of her doesn't allow herself to live, doesn't allow herself to feel, because that person or that thing is no longer there. Which is what happens to kids when they lose something. They shut down, and unless someone helps them move on they stay shut down and you have yeah. kids that and you have kids that have critical depression because kids don't know how to deal with trauma and unless they have someone that will help them they either lived their rest of their lives angry or bitter or they live their lives in an in a hole and it's beautiful how this horrible character which is Raharu but mostly Ide, that has uh, a love interest, her love interest, kind of shows her this care, this respect that kind of starts parking in her emotion. And it's how something new, something beautiful, you are able to experience joy after depression. Like it shows like the world doesn't end just because you lost something. The world keeps going. The world ends if you allow it to end. Yeah. Does that make sense? And and I, I just love... I, I think this is my favorite series, uh, season uh, because of that. Be and of course, because her final... Like, Naota's final form was like... Um, she became like a Gundam. Safe. Yes! She became a Gundam! Um... But yeah, it's uh, and and this is actually also one of the mo I think out of all of them, this is the most action heavy, at least towards the end. Like it's yeah. action. So, so I don't know. I liked it a lot, and I like how she came full circle, um, and she gets along again with her mom. Um, I don't know. Speaking this, speaking of her mom, did, let's did talk she, about her mom. Did she <laughs> get birth to her when she it was five? I mean. Yibus Krabushki, that design is just what I know that the animists like to design the moms to be young and all, but that was just weird. She looks like she could be the main, the main's sisters to heaven for heaven's sake, and that's. Well, keep in mind, she probably had her young because the uh, Naora in season one was 12, which I think this is important. Hidomi is 14. And then Kana in season three is 17. So Yeah, but if she could uh, have her young she, without how she looks, it could... Then uh, did she get birthed her when she was four? Because she looks like <laughs> easily be 
like 19 or 20 when uh, and hey, there's, uh, there's a there's a lot of moms out there that are rocking 35 and look great man you know it's it's give or take man it's give or take i mean uh, I, I mean I there's guess, botox uh <laughs> i mean not every woman is marissa tomei if you know what i mean i i i can agree with that <laughs> but can, i mean Maybe it's because it's animation that makes me just yes. what? I, th- I I think that's what it is because it's like if you take the apron off, she automatically looks like a teenager. But like they never take the apron off. Every time you see her mother, she has an apron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, and I know what you mean. Like you don't even see bags on her eyes. Like typically on the old, like in season three, an alternative when you see the mom of the character called Pets. You see all the bags underneath their eyes, which is very typical exactly. for older characters. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, maybe she had a rough life, and um, you know, she was saved by an older man. Like, oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ, are we really going there? Well, I don't know. I know it was. I know I'm a horrible person, but I am and doing I a pot with you. So the madness goes around, Isaac. I thought I was the madman uh, here. <laughs> But you know, there's a thing with Japanese young women with older guys. And oh, okay, let's, let's, so let's go uh, back to progressive. Can, 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 uh... <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Gynax. Look what happened with Ray. And oh, you know what? I'm gonna stop. Oh, no. so, <laughs> no, okay, no. Oh, okay, <laughs> guys, we apologize, but that's what you come for at the amateur taco deep conversations. Madness and improper jokes. So, um, so, so progressive is my favorite. Yes, her final. She is one of the more. It's each character as you grow older in adolescence, or at least we show in the show. They show in the series. I'm sorry. Show, show, show. Blah, blah, blah. They show in the series. Um, Hidomi is one of the more powerful. Are you gonna let me talk? <laughs> <laughs> so some weird images when they said show show after after we t- discussed uh, yeah no no go on go on wow there's no episode without losing <laughs> Isaac in the depths of his madness <laughs> let us join him Conti. Such a cool character. TV for a head. Yeah, it's funny. Okay, so um We're talking about dead leaves now? Okay, calm down. I am not talking about dead leaves. We will not talk about you know what, Isaac? Reel it in. Okay, we'll definitely have an episode of Dead Leaf soon. Oh boy. So <laughs> um, Progressive, my favorite. I like um, the love story between Ide and Hidomi. I like her arc, how she comes alive again um, and, and, and learns to love and care and enjoy life once more. Um, it's, it's, it's about starting over. And we have all gone through either a broken heart or uh, a disappointment or there's something that we'd failed to do or failed to achieve. Um, we've all gone through this. And it's a great show for those people that um, feel that they're stuck somewhere. 
and it gives you hope that there's always someone that will care for us. There is someone that will help us move on. Or sometimes we have to make the decision to move on. There's going to be someone that's going to hit us in the face with a guitar. Um, and, and, and that's what I love about Rahabra because even though she, you kind of see her as the kind of antagonist of the series, always at towards the end, she is the one that gives the characters the final push to go after what they want. And it's funny because even though she is the most selfish character I've seen in many anime, she's selfish in the sense that she wants what she wants, but she's not going to deny other people of what they want if they're willing to fight for it. Like she understands that the way life works is you got to fight for what you want. And she kind of respects and admires that when people actually fight for what they want. Does that make sense? Yep. Which is what makes that final battle against Hidomi and and towards the Tom so interesting because there's two women fighting for their love, fighting for their joy. Um, and she's able to save her later boyfriend, Ide, and she's able to have closure with Atomsk um, in the form of Conti. And I don't know, man. This show is so crazy, but there's so much deep, so much deep. Um, this this episode will not be enough, so we'll probably have to talk about Fulikuli at another time, but um, let's let's get through it. Because we're already an hour, we're already an hour and twenty minutes in. Oh, that's awesome! Um, so, is there anything about progressive that you want to talk about in specific, or you want to go straight to alternative? I think we should do prog- uh, progress to, uh, towards alternative because I can't see an alternative alternative progression uh, other than uh, progress to alternative. If it wasn't because we're recording, I would remain silent <laughs> for like five hours after whatever it is that. Um... Mm. So let's talk. So the alternative here is um... okay. That was bad. That was really bad. Damn it! You're better at segways than I am, and your segways are not that great. Damn it, Isaac. <laughs> I think it. I think it pays to be mad. So. Um... So, fully the alternative. Um, Isaac, what did you like about Series 3? Um, what stood out for you? Apart from the fact that you watched them in the wrong order. <laughs> yeah, because I thought... Uh, you can take that one. Yeah, I mean, I tell Isaac, guy, hey, we're going to watch the whole fully Yes. And for some reason, even though... Well, they came out in the same year, so I can't blame you. But um, the the order is season is fully coolie, fully cool progressive, and fully coolie alternative. Isaac accidentally saw alternative first and then progressive, and it wasn't until I told him that he was able to put everything together. Um, so now that you know that alternative is the last season, what are your thoughts about it? What stood out to you? Um, a fully coolie alternative. Well, the ending was uh, batshit insane. Yes. Oh, hell yeah. Wait, go on. Uh, and uh, this is probably my favorite because of the because of the main character that uh, goes through similar problems that I have done. Mm-hmm. Yes, 
throughout my childhood um it hit close to home although i haven't had the problems like the previous two so i like the two other main protagonists as well mm-hmm. so it uh, it was just a this character hits close to home if you know what i mean i do i do um what do you like about it did you do you, is it just the situations that she's been through or is it how her extrovertedness because that's one of the biggest things that for me stood out is that um naora which is the the 12 year old lead of fully Cooley, um season one he's a very closed off kid um hidomi is depressed and not allowing herself to feel but kana is like freaking out there she's she's like the the biggest energy in the room um which is a breath of fresh air yeah you could uh, you can uh, you could say that you could say that what i'm I mean... trying to say isaac is that you are a breath of fresh air oh <laughs> you're also breathtaking my my good uh, friend <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we got we got to stop. People are going to talk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. We can cut that one out. <laughs> um, no, that's fine. Uh, so, so what do, what do you have a favorite episode on alternative? Um, I'm not. Uh, I I don't really know if I have because because uh, well, no, I don't really. Uh, I don't. Uh, uh, no, I do have a favorite episode actually. Okay. And that's okay. the one of the when she comes in the fa- uh, comes on uh, comes in terms of uh, one of her best friends is uh, leaving Earth and mm. go, uh, taking the flight to Mars, so to speak. And you can argue that it's her best friend that's leaving, and she right. has a hard time moving on. And I have had friends moving. Outside a town and even countries, so which uh, which was a bit hard for me. Okay, so so in other words, the final episode when she when she accepts that, or when she, or you mean the episode where she finds out how her friend truly feels about her? So, um, I would I would probably say the last one. Okay, and that's weird too because when 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 I was waiting for your response on which one was your favorite episode, one of the things that dawned on me was that it's kind of hard to to pick one out because the story is so tight. Even though each episode feels like it's themed um, for whatever they're exploring, like you can watch, you can consider that each the six episodes as a whole are meant to be seen back to back. As one story. Yeah, that and they can totally agree on. Yeah, like like most animes, like Cowboy Bebop is one of those fantastic shows that is is brilliant because each episode is a very individual, a specific adventure. Um, even though, of course, you have some themes that connect, but each episode is meant to feel like an individual adventure. And you can watch that one episode, and and each episode feels completely like Cowboy Bebop. It never feels outside of. This show in particular, when you see it, you won't, you won't be able to grasp 
the the breadth of what Fully Cooley is trying to explain unless you watch the whole thing. Like you'll get bits and pieces here and there, but when you watch it throughout, like I think you probably did, like I did, I binged it as fast as possible. Um, you're able to appreciate it more. Like it's meant to be binged, which not every show is meant to do that. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, I like season three. I like alternative. Um, I I found it to be uh, uh, all about social relationships. Like like that pretty much sums it up. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like you have the first one is about. The kid against the world. The second one, which I was actually thinking about this while you were thinking about what you liked about Progressive. Fully Cooley is like the kid against the world. The second one is Progressive because it's all about her progressing to a different stage. It's all about her moving on. And um, and and this one is about is alternative because I'm I think I'm kind of pulling stuff out of my sleeves, but. Um, <laughs> because she has to find different ways of accepting things, different ways of coping with life, because not everybody gonna think the way she does. Yeah, and, that's pretty and life does and life doesn't stay the same. And and how powerful the lesson that she learns. And it's funny how um I don't know if you caught this, but how powerful is it that the first episode starts or the last episode ends the very same way the first episode starts that kind of fits although it made me wonder are they just resetting the entire timeline or something well the interesting thing is is that it's i'm glad that you said that because one of the things that kana says in that monologue from the beginning is that her eyes are heavy from crying. And I wasn't. You don't... Uh, I wasn't uh, thinking about that uh, when it comes to are they rebooting the entire timeline? If you know what I mean. Oh, I mean, like starting every like as in nothing happened, and this this like nothing ever happened. You mean? I would. Uh, I would say well, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth kind of rebooting oh, and stuff. <laughs> No, because the whole thing is this. Remember, what she does at the end, she transports the planet somewhere else. Like, she literally moves everything on planet Earth to a different planet close to Mars. The same way things travel through her mind, she opened up a portal with her power to transfer everything to a different planet where she can stay living the same kind of life but in a different place which is the which is the big less or or the highlight that's why in the first episode she says and everything looks orange and whatever and then she talks about the same thing but she specifies and they're all pink skies now and like because she's live she decides to keep loving everybody she decides to stay true to who she is, even though people don't like it, even though people don't agree, even though she moves to a different planet. Which is why the magic here is that she saves the world not by eliminating the. I I, I don't think she elim not by changing it, 
but she keeps it the same and but moves the planet. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. like no matter like no matter where she goes, she stays the same and keeps her world the same. Because a lot of one of the one of the big themes of Fully Cooley is the relationship of of kids or their or teenagers in regards to the world. You either let them change you, which means in her case her comment from pets, which pretty much tells her that I always hated you or that, or it wasn't really that. I don't think the way they put it in, it's like pets never cared for her, but I don't think that's what it was. I the think way she, I, read, I think she said so because uh, she tried to make it easier for her to, uh, to um, take a grasp on that. She was leaving it. Uh, right. Then sort of like, uh, trying to get her to want to leave or something. You get what I'm saying? I think that, but the only reason why I'm not entirely convinced of that being the reason is because she actively says that she resents her because she liked the same guy. And and that is something that's kind of like a typical plot device on high school hmm. girl stories. Yeah, you know what I mean? true, true. So, so it's one of those things where in real life, when two guys or two girls like the same person, that can destroy a friendship. That can happen. Yeah, and, that's true. And, and, and that's kind of the exp- – which – but I think the, the reading that you have is very valid. It makes sense. But, and, and that's why I love how it gets into these slice of life elements in the midst of the madness because they do them so well. Um, I think this is one of those um, series where these moments hit home a lot more because you can't, I think this is a series where you spend the most time with the main character with other people because this is the first main character that we have that actually has friends. Yeah. Did you, not- did you notice that? Yep. Because the other, because Naora and Hidomi were practically loners to a degree. Like, this is a character that has a group of friends, that has an active life with her friends. Um, and, and they all play a role in her life. And I like how she tries to be controlling because, okay, this is what I like, this is what I love. She likes me, so I'm going to do everything I can so that she continues to like me. And how that doesn't necess- how you trying to impress other people doesn't necessarily mean you won't feel alone and 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 the exploration of loneliness through this particular kind of character which is something that you rarely see because most of the times we see loneliness through people that have depression or people that are sad or people that are isolated you rarely explore the idea of loneliness from someone that is actively looking for attention um like a person that has close friends like this one. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Um, which is what I, why I appreciate this, this particular show so much. Um, do, do you think that her final form... I keep saying final form. Um, like it's Dragon Ball Z. This is not even my final form! Um, well, in this case, it sort of fits with a Dragon Ball analogy. It, it does. It's over nine thousand. Um, um, but I think she's more Sailor Moon than Dragon Ball. She's like shining rainbows. 
I don't think Goku will would ever be shining rainbows. I I, I'm thinking about if there could be any, a better uh, example than uh, Sailor Moon, but uh, the more I think about it, yeah, you're you're hit close to home with a uh, Sailor Moon. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's. I like how this particular series, this particular season, is so pro young girls. Like, there's no, there's no, do really, you rarely see guys. Like, it's like, it's very centric to the experience of a young woman that I, I, to me, is good because it broadens its reach. As opposed to it being just another teen story, this is a this is one that I could recommend to uh, my cousin that's nineteen, that's a young girl. Like I, 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 which is why these the fact that Fully Cool is an anthology series, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to watch it all in order. You can if you love the world, but you can easily recommend Fully Cool Alternative to a young female friend that likes anime because it works that way, you know? Yeah. Um, anything, anything that you want to talk about? You want to talk about Roharu and how she's like more mature in this series, or is she in this season? Uh, uh, she's never mature, but she seems more in control. Like, like one of the she things... in control. That's a sorry. I, I know, but but like this is the season <clears throat> where she's more like she feels older. She feels. Um, different because like she's no longer desperate for a Tomsk um, like one of the things that I love about um, this show is her interaction with the agent for this you know like they always have like a representative of the humans trying to fight against the medical mechanica evil people yeah um, and her banter with that guy in this particular series she sounds more in control, but more sure. Like she's just doing what she's doing because she's bored, because she wants to stay entertained. But at the same time, she kind of like embraces her role as a role model or someone that's gonna push kids in the right direction. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is so crazy. And I still can't get over the fact that the most powerful weapons in the universe. Of fully coolly are electric guitars <laughs> and bass guitars, as a matter of fact, because not necessarily they're all electric, they're mostly bass guitars, which is pretty crazy. Um, that's one of the symbols that I love the most because, like, for example, you have the iron, right? Yeah. Which is a symbol of order because irons are used to make things perfect, unwrinkled. And then you have the guitar, which is a symbol of rock, which has always been seen as a symbol of retaliation, as retaliation against order, as anarchy, um, and stuff like that. And she is the person that's there to disrupt everybody's life. For the better, on most parts, even though it kind of cost the planet to everybody, but, you know. I don't know. I mean, this this show I mean... is... Good. I can, I can see what you mean with uh, her acting like she has more or in control, but mature? No, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, because um, she likes to she likes to act uh, well. Her in, uh, insane self 
if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. even though I uh, really lo- uh, love uh, the person that uh, that is sort of yoked to be based on, I have a sort of weird love-hate relationship with Naharu because on the one hand, I think she's very obnoxious and <laughs> annoying, especially with that uh, voice, uh, the voice actor gave her. But at the same time, I see what they want to, want uh, the role to have. Uh, they want uh, they want uh, her to have how she acts towards him and what what she wants to push them to, towards and. She challenged them in uh, some aspect, and and because of that, I can see, oh, this to uh, this fits. It makes sense that she acts like that. Yeah, she's she is the Joker. She is the wild card, um, the ingredient that caused the chemical to combust. She is, I don't know. She's amazing and she's horrible and she's terrible and she has good taste in guitars. I don't know, man. She's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. I mean, this show is something else. Um, I don't know, man. That's all I got. Anything else that you want to talk about, Fudukovi? Mm, not that I can think of, actually. I mean, we talked about the music. The animation is bonkers. Um, the the H the exploration so fully coolly to summarized um, because I know that every I think we've lost every single listener to this point <laughs> pretty much um, yeah fully coolly is this crazy exploration of adolescence of growing up through the means of crazy funny grotesque and weird um, images animation and exploration of thought. Mm-hmm. very deep if you allow yourself to enjoy it um, not for everybody because not everybody's going to get it but with the three different seasons that we have fully coolie fully coolie progressive and fully coolie alternative we could say that i think it's safe to say isaac that there is at least one season for everybody that's pretty uh, spot on yeah and um, there's and it's very good because you have one out of three chances, so it's not like it's one out of hundred chances. So that's are right. for you that you actually should enjoy at least one of them. Yeah, and you know what? Um, I think now that I think about it, wouldn't you say that Alternative is the most tamed of all three series seasons? Mm, like, yeah. Right. So, like, so I think the best way. I mean, I, I, I think we're gonna. You and I are going to go into a rating or something right now. Um, but I would say in level of intensity and madness, I would I would put them um, from the first one, from the, from, from the top to the bottom, the top being the most calm and tamed to the bottom one being the most crazy. I would go three, two, and one. Alternative being the most tamed, progressive being normal, fully cooling madness, and the first one being completely bonkers. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, this is this is one of those shows that has a little bit of something for everybody. Um, if you like a great coming of age um, female coming of age story, fully good alternative, this is definitely for you. Um, if you like a great drama about moving on in the midst of the world of madness, Progressive is a great one for you. Um, but if, if you want to have your socks knocked off and watch weird things come out of people's heads at this as a young kid embraces who he is as a kid, Fully Cooly is for you. Um, which one, if you were to pick one, you said your favorite was Alternative? I would say Alternative. Uh, I would actually say Alternative was then Progressive. Then uh, the original from the cooler. Yeah, I would do. I would do. Let me see. I would do. I would do progressive. And I don't know. I, I kind of have a tie between alternative and fully cooly. I don't know. I like it all. I like a lot of things, except end of Evangelion. I hate that. I really. We hate all that. we all know that you love it. Don't lie. Don't make me hang up. <laughs> but anyway, shall we, uh, I think we should uh, rate it and uh, maybe move on from earlier uh, end of this end of this episode, maybe. I think so. Before something pops out of my head, um, I don't know. What rating would you give it? I would get. Uh, would, give it. would you rate it? Well, let me let me ask you this. Let me stop you there for one second. Would you rate it as a series or would you rate it as individual seasons? Series. And I, okay. Uh, okay. And I rate it, uh, rate it uh, a B, B plus, because it's not perfect by any means, but it's a really good show. So I can't really give it an A. I would give it a B plus, um, but not because I don't think it's brilliant. Because I think that is brilliant and super smart. But I think the B plus, in my opinion, is because it's not for everybody. Yeah, that too. Um, the fact that it's so out there in certain ones, especially in Fully Cooley, the first season, um, kind of keeps it keeps it from being a work of art that every that is accessible to everybody because this one is definitely not for everybody. So the amateur otaku gives Fully Cooley as a whole, as a series, Fully Cooley, Fully Cooley Progressive, and Fully Cooley Alternative a B plus because it's a fantastic show though not perfect and not accessible for everybody is still an abstract work of art that if you give yourself a chance it might be one of the best things you've ever seen or it might be one of the most maddening things you see that you wish you never saw again like me i wish to never ever ever watch nf evangelion ever again so isaac let's wrap this up let's do a couple of yeah. plugs if anybody were to find you and your awesome game reviews and your postings and your mat stuff, where can they find you? You can find me at uh, my work at uh, Revenge of Defense, and you can find uh, me on uh, Twitter at Emblemaniac. And uh, next uh, next episode, we are going to cover Black Lagoon and Dead Leaves. So I hope you all gonna enjoy those too. I am going to regret ever accepting that leaves. But yes, I'm going to agree with Black Lagoon. We're definitely going to do Black Lagoon. We're going we to a... do Black We're going with uh, Dead Leaves and Black Lagoon. You can't uh, escape that. 
now it's, uh, now it's on recording. Okay, so I'm going to... <laughs> Where's my electric guitar? Should I try and literally pull an electric guitar out of my face and throw it at you through the internet? Damn it, Isaac. Um, <laughs> do you have an iron? Grab an iron, Isaac. <laughs> okay, so that was really bad. I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm saying. So, <laughs> you can find Isaac <laughs> in the webs at I'm a Maniac. Wow, this goes off the world real quick. Um, <laughs> you can find me, Brandon Alvarado, at the Scarlet Fan Fifty Two on Twitter. Um, and we really want to hear from you guys. Um, lately, the last couple of days, we've seen a lot of response and a lot of people listening to our Attack on Titan season three recap episode. It's such an amazing episode, and I'm so happy that it's getting a lot of love. Um, at least 17 people have listened to it, and that's for me. That's for us. That's pretty amazing. Um, we really love the support from you guys. Um, we're gonna keep making awesome episodes like this one, like the Attack on Titan one, like the one we did with Mario with the Hero Academia. We did a great one with um, Rob Moreira from the Play Loudcast and with Brett Miro. We have a lot of great episodes in our library and it's constantly expanding. And we have a lot of great stuff coming to you guys in the near future. So go into the, our episode archive on Anchor. We're in reverseofthefans.com. We're under Amateur Otaku. You can see all the episodes that we have posted. Um, if, you have, if there's any topic theme question or or comment that you want to share with us please share your thoughts with us at amateur otaku rtf or send us an email at amateur otaku rtf at gmail.com we want to hear your thoughts on twitter at amateur otaku rtf um, we have a lot of awesome stuff coming to you guys we're working on putting the show and the pod on youtube we want to expand we have great new artwork I don't know. We're really excited for the future of that merch talker. Right, Isaac? Yep. So we look forward to seeing you guys very, very soon again when we cover Black Lagoon. Um, and Dead Leaf. Okay. He's going to keep doing that until the night stops. So I think I should stop the <laughs> recording now. No. So if you love what we're doing, if you enjoy what we're doing here at the Amateur Otaku Podcast, Please leave us a five-star review on Google or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. The more reviews we get on Apple Podcasts and on Google Review, it's more people that are exposed to the madness that we have here at the Amateur Otaku. And the more people tune in, the more cool stuff we can do, the more crazy people we can invite to chat with us. And I don't know. We're building a little community of otakus. I'm really happy with what's going on. And we will see you next time. So, from here, Damage Otaku, from Sweden, and from somewhere in the United States, have an awesome, guys. Many kids don't need a master's Just waiting for the little busters Oh yeah, yeah In the last night, it's not misleading Don't think I shit alone All that you don't want, no 
just the way you 